Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. I'm your host. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. And today's episode, well, you're in for a treat because this was an absolute blast to record. Um, I got to sit down with the wonderful Jen Brister and, and we had a really good time. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Um, before we do get on with it, I just want to say a quick thanks to uh, 76 for producing this podcast and and much love to uh, Scroobius Pip uh, and all my friends at the Distraction Pieces Network. And on that network is Brett Goldstein, uh, who's got a wonderful podcast, which I'm sure you all know about, called Films to be Buried With. Uh, and if you enjoy listening to uh, Jen's chat, on this, go and check out Jen on Films to be Buried With because that's a great listen as well. Okay. Also, if this is your first time listening to uh, Off the Beaten Track and you enjoyed it, then why not have a look in the, the archives? Um, if you, you like your comedians, then there's episodes in the back catalogue with, oh, let me think, Jade Adams, Rich Wilson, Marcus Birdman. God, there's loads more. Um, Tom Jolly. Um, oh, gosh. Um, go and have a look, because there's about 150 episodes um, of this podcast, and not just with comedians, with musicians, DJs, producers, actors. Go go and have a look, because um, there's there's going to be something for, for everyone. Um, and if that's not enough, I also have a Patreon page where each week I put up a standalone episode um, over there so you can support the podcast there. You can find out about all of this at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Anyway, let's get back to uh, today's episode. And it gives me great pleasure to say um, please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with the super ace, Jen Brister. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. 
It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, stew with him. Okay, hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. Sitting opposite me today via the means of Zoom is Jen Brister. Hello. Hello. Hi, Stu. It's nice to see you on my... Oh, God, we're still doing this, aren't we? This whole laptop thing. Are you bored of it yet? I am a bit, yeah. Although, I'll be honest with you... um, I think now that we've realised we can do podcasts like this, it does mean that because I live in Brighton, I don't have to schlep over to central London now. Yeah. Once it all opens up again, I'll be able to go, should we do this on Zoom? Um, yeah. <laughs> but there is something nice about being in the same room as someone, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. There's, I, was, I was talking about this someone yesterday as well, and it's like, it's just that, I, I mean, it's getting easier because I think we're doing it all the time now. I think it, it, you, it is, I'm, I'm finding, the first couple I've done on Zoom, I thought were, were quite odd. And just because I'm so used to gauging sort of body language and just yeah, I, just that whole kind of being in a room with someone's far but different the, from the, yeah, because like you said, and also it's body language, but also people give off a vibe. Yeah, totally. So you can kind of go, oh, they seem a bit tired, or they seem like they need a bit of energy, or I, I yeah. know what I'll do to pick this up. Particularly if you're the person, you know, that's kind of doing the interviewing, that's having to hold the whole thing together. It yeah. must be a bit harder to gauge how that person's feeling and knowing totally. how to pitch it, you know, but we're all getting better at, uh, pretending we're okay. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and well let, let, let's, let's, let's talk about that along. before we get on with a playlist. So how have you found, um, lockdown, you know, as, 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 as Jen, uh, and you know, as, as a human being with a family and as, as a, as a creative I found it uh, challenging and rewarding on both levels. Um, it's very, very tricky being with your children every day with no break and no... I mean, look, of all the things to be moaning about, this is not a huge one, but I, I have found that quite difficult to navigate. It's quite difficult to keep um, your mental health in check when you don't have any solo time. And I suppose I am used to uh, as a comedian with my job being away a lot mm. I have a lot of time on my own uh, you know a train journey I'm in hotels uh, I can if I want to if I'm away for the weekend and I don't feel sociable I can just say oh I'm just going to go back to my hotel room straight after my gig and now yeah. I have uh, a couple of minutes in the toilet uh, maybe <laughs> the shower maybe a shower in the morning uh, so you know the the other side of that is, of course, you know, I get to spend a lot of time with my kids. We're having a really lovely time. I'm really enjoying their company in lots of ways. They're fun. They're five, two five-year-olds. Um, but the homeschool thing is really, you know, that is the, that is another pressure, which I didn't, you know, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to have to do is teach my children how to read and write. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It, it, I would obviously it, it didn't make sense for the schools to be open, and I completely get that. And um, but then I'm not equipped to teach them. So th- there's 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 lots of things like that. Also, in terms of my creativity as a stand up comedian, I am no longer a stand up comedian. I don't know what I am because my <laughs> job doesn't exist anymore. Clubs aren't open. I'm doing these online gigs gigs on Zoom. I it's, which basically to me feel like I am having a breakdown in front of my laptop or my phone. <laughs> Because often you don't get any, like, response. You can't hear if people are laughing. So you are just talking. And you're like, oh, I hope this doesn't... I hope I don't look completely mental. Um, so it's that that's not really a gig. I guess I'm monologuing now. But it has meant that I have had to try to find different ways of being creative. So I'm doing a lot more writing. And I found that really enjoyable. So you've just got to pivot and find something... That is connected to what you're doing. I, I mean, I've been writing, like I've written a book and I've been writing scripts and things like that for quite a long time. So for me to, to dedicate more time to that is um, is fine. I, I, I've yet to get really paid for it, but... <laughs> Worry <laughs> you know, about the, that later. A girl can dream. Worry about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Worry about that in three months when I can't pay the mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird it's just a weird thing isn't it to not to, to you've I've worked so hard to get good at something and now I, I can't do that job anymore it's just a bit of, it's a bit odd it's uh it's it's just I think that that's the thing isn't it just just understanding where we're at because it's 
there's no answers and it's completely uncharted waters, isn't it? Like we've n- no nobody's got any answers to this kind of thing. And God, don't look towards the government because <laughs> that ain't going to help. Like, no, I I don't find I've actually had to stop looking at the news because I got very compulsive about it. I, I have quite a compulsive personality with, when it comes to things like that. So. I was compulsively reading the news. And because the news moved very quickly with COVID, they would say one thing one day and one thing the next. Um, and I'm not even talking about the government. I'm just talking about journalists and scientists and, you know, epidemiologists and all of that, that it, it became really unhealthy. Um, and you're right. There's no point in looking to the government to <laughs> to have a handle on this because they do not. Um, they put the responsibility entirely on our shoulders, haven't they? Mm. So... The tricky thing, the hardest part of it, isn't that there is this global pandemic, is that there is completely, there's all the uncertainty attached to that. Um, And for anyone that's got an elderly parent or somebody that's having to shield or someone, you you know, then all of of those anxieties come up as well. So it's just, it would be great to know, oh, in six months, things will start to get back to normal. In a year, you can expect, but it it just doesn't, it's just like, well, we don't know, fingers crossed. You know, totally. we should have a vaccine in six months, but just to say 90% of people it won't work on. But it's good <laughs> to know that that vaccine will exist. It's like, I don't think this is helping me. No. So, yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Well, look, let's, let's, have, a, um, let's have a brief escape from, from the worries oh, of that yeah, and uh, let's immerse ourselves in some music. Um, Jen, track one, the song with the greatest ever intro. Oh, this is the, this is, uh, the Breeders and Cannonball. Solid choice. Um, well, this this um, this uh, I don't this, this, that album in particular just really reminds me of a particular point in my time in my life, rather when I was about seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. No, I must have been about seventeen years of age. And my mate Julia Westwood had a car, and we would make mixtapes for each other, and then we would go out in her car. We had nowhere to go, by the way. We just sort of drove around. Um, I couldn't drive, um, but she had this VW Golf. It was really cool. And we'd just drive around and we'd just listen to these mixtapes. And every time this track came on, the breeders, this the, the intro to this, I would feel like this visceral kind of... I think only this is... The only way I can explain it is it's something that you feel when you're young, when you can just feel that you're about to break away, that you're about to leave home, that you're about to start this new part of your life. And it's the unknown and you've got all these dreams and, you know, you've, you haven't, you know, life hasn't beaten you down yet. You've still got all that optimism. And that the, the intro to this song really, for me, kind of captures that feeling that I used to have. I mean, it went a long time ago, Stuart, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> but that I had at 17, 18, where I was like, anything's possible. I've got my whole life ahead of me. This is, you know, and... um this song kind of um, represents that. And even when I listen to it now, it kind of transports me back to that feeling. Um, that's why I love it so much. It's, it's such a great record. And, and, and I think I'm a, I'm a few years older than you, Jen. And, and, and I was, you know, I, I DJed in kind of alternative, still DJ in alternative clubs. And, and that, that record just captured a moment. It was a big, it's a huge kind of MTV kind of generation as well of, of, of that moment of that kind of, I guess it was slap bam in the middle of grunge, you know, the, you know, with Nirvana. And then obviously wanting to know what um, Kim Dale was going to do post Pixies. And it was like, oh, wow, she's, she's yeah. come out with this. And it was like, unbelievable. It's, it's just, yeah. And then moments, you know, you said just driving around in the car with nowhere to go. It didn't matter, did it? Because it was just no. like, we're just listening to music and like, it's, like you said, it's all to be played for. It's all to come. It's like, just the best times. Yeah. And you would be in our car going, oh, should we get, what should we do? What, what do you want to do? What are you going to, are you going to go to university? If you go to university, what are you going to do? If, when you leave university, where do you think you'll live? Where should we, do, should we go traveling? Do you want to go to France? Do you want to, do you know, we had all these things, loads of stuff that we never, like a lot of the stuff we never did and we never... Yeah. You know, our lives went very separate ways quite quickly after hitting 18. But um, it was just the, the just the idea of planning our lives together and, and, and what that what they what that what they might be. Yeah. And uh, 
and, and it was just a it was just a really kind of even though there was a lot of other things going on in my life which weren't great and I was probably in hindsight probably had quite a bit of depression at the time there was just this feeling of like oh but things could get better and being able to escape and I really um I find that music can really do that for you can't it it can really like take you like even now like we're in this whole global pandemic and things can feel quite bleak and then you can put on a record and you'll be like oh this reminds me of when we were in Ibiza or when we went on holiday together or do you remember when we used to go clubbing and it just or or whatever or that time we had that barbecue and it, it pissed down with rain and we ended up you know under a some in someone's shed for three hours getting stoned whatever it was there's the, the music can really do that and that's what I that's why that's what I love about it is that it, it 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 can it can transport you out of you know feeling feeling quite bleak or like you know so so do you if you're feeling low do you how, how do you in, in regards to sort of listening to music for you know for escapism do you immerse yourself in it and and slam on some Leonard Cohen or do you think right okay I've got to pull out the best of steps now and like and you know do you do you are you happy to kind of acknowledge them feelings and 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 kind of because personally I do like if I'm feeling low I will listen to Nick Cave I'll listen to Leonard Cohen and I will immerse myself in that and and I'll, I'll, I'll get comfort in that I just wondered how that works for you yeah I think I do the same I don't necessarily if I'm feeling quite um low I don't necessarily want to bang on some jumping tunes yeah. um uh, e- but equally sometimes that might actually be what i need you know yeah. it's a song that 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 lifts me away from you know spiraling yeah but i this i do I, but but sometimes i'm listening to music and people are like oh god you're not listening to flipping sig or ross are you that is like <laughs> mate are you suicidal what's going on but 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 for me sig or ross isn't depressing yeah. i find it it kind of is one of the, especially if I really crank it up, it kind of, it's really visceral in it. And I find that it's, it's beautiful. I, I can feel it in my chest. And it's it's not, for me, it, it, it isn't white noise. It is, it's really uplifting. And, um, uh, and, 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 it, and I suppose that I find it kind of ethereal. And it, I don't know, I can't really put my finger on it. Um, so, yeah, sometimes I'll be listening to music that people do think, oh, God, mate, you know, lighten up. And it's like, what are you yeah. talking about? This is brilliant. <laughs> so, and I listen to quite a lot of neoclassical musical, musicals, rather, uh, music. And I suppose some of that could be perceived as being quite um, lo-fi. Sure. And, and, and even depressing. But for me, again, it has the same sort of impact that listening to Sigal Ross does, where I just find it really uplifting. Yeah. Um, but listening to quite downbeat music, often has the opposite effect for me it doesn't it doesn't drag me down yeah. I, i've never found music really drags me down ever even if it is quite low mm. um the only music that drags me down is music that i'm just not into yeah you know completely. like i just don't like this song so it's making yeah. me feel quite angry uh, yeah. but music that i love will i'm only glad you said angry good. that's exactly <laughs> what i'm like <laughs> I don't. I mean, there's certain music. I've just there's a lot of chart music. Like when I go to the dentist, he plays like heart, so specific. The dentist. I know because I, like, I went to the dentist recently. Listen to him. We'll get into it. But basically, a crown fell off, and I had to go to the dentist. I had to put it back on. Anyway, he had heart FM on, and the whole way through, it's hard enough having a crown fitted, particularly when they've got to like drill yeah. into your fa- without having to listen to what was ostensibly some of the worst music I've ever heard in my entire life. It just sounded overly produced, overly synthesised. No, I could not hear clearly anyone singing. Yeah. You know how they do that thing where everyone sounds like they're singing out of a fucking well or something? Yeah. Um, so that kind of music is like, oh, it's bad enough. I'm in a fucking dentist. I'm to listen to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I'm really laid back. Oh, I good. That woman. Good. Well, why, why I've got you emotional, Jen, I want to know um, what the first song you remember hearing was um, that had an emotional impact on you. Uh, it was uh, Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. Great record. Uh, and um, I was 14, I think, 13, 14. And um, I must have heard it. Well, I must have heard it on the radio because where else would I have heard it? Or maybe on top of the pops, but I think it was the radio. And I just was like, what is this song? 
And then I, I think I was, I got the album on tape. I think it was on tape I got it because we didn't have a record player that worked. We had a record player, but we didn't have a needle on it. And I'm with that. So we never, we couldn't use it. Um, so I got it on tape. And then I went to see her live at the Royal Albert Hall wow. in 1989. In no- I think it was like November 1989, something like that. I mean, I'm very specific. I remember this very clearly. Uh, it was before Christmas I went to see her. And I went with my dad, who fell asleep. The second the she started singing. <laughs> yeah, he always used to do that. We'd go to the cinema. <laughs> so <We'd> go, <laughs> Literally just fell asleep immediately. So I was, <laughs> But I was quite glad because I was just like, I was so immersed. I didn't need him to be there. I was actually yeah. irritated that he was even there. Um, <laughs> and I remember just her, she was incredible. She has the most amazing voice. But the one thing I do remember about it, and it's such a long time ago because I'm 45, so this is a long time ago, um, was that she? Ne- there was a spotlight and she never walked into it. So she was always partly in shadow. So you couldn't see her face and you couldn't, you could just see her guitar. Her guitar was lit, but her face wasn't. And the whole time I remember thinking, oh, please just step into the light so I can see you. Every now and again, you'd see her head come in and then yeah. it'd go back out again and then it'd go in. But it kind of didn't matter because she, she, it was... Um, such an incredible uh, gig. And it, I think it was um, when Crossroads... Was the album Crossroads? <laughs> I think it is Crossroads. I'm thinking of that dreadful... Um, Film. Soap opera. Oh, um, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was... Yeah, it was when the album Crossroads came out because I remember I had a... I bought a post. I was allowed to buy a poster, which I had on my wall for a very long time. That album's incredible as well. Like, that when, I mean... <laughs> I think Fast Cars were the first track I heard of Tracy Chapman's. And and then I think when I heard talking about a revolution, I was like, wow, what is wow. this? Like, just... And there's a there's a song, is it Behind the Wall? Oh, amazing. Which is about domestic violence. And there's, I mean, there's, for, is it For You? I, I can't, I'm really one of those people that never remembers the titles of yeah. tracks. Baby, I'm Can just... I Hold You Tonight? That's on the album. Baby, Can I Hold You Tonight? What a beautiful yeah. song. The whole album is absolutely, and I think it, it, it's one of those albums that is timeless. Yeah. It just, it, it, it will, it just doesn't ever feel like it's dated. Yeah. And um, uh, Fast Car was my introduction to Tracy Chapman, and I have literally bought every single one of her albums since, and I love her. I just think, I'm, I'm, I'm 47, and, and so I'm a few years older than you, but I remember when I first heard Fast Car, and... And then hearing that the subsequent, you know, s- singles off that album, it's the way that she writes as well. It's it's very sort of story like, isn't it? You can picture everything she says, and and I think it sort of spoon fed me that a little bit and made it easier for me to kind of understand what she was saying. And and I just think fast car, you know, whenever you hear it now, it, it hasn't dated at all. It sounds as fresh as a day it come out. It's just a, an incredible record, it really is. Yeah, it really is, and um, there's something uh, there's something about the story which resonates even now. It's just two young people trying to escape, you know, poverty, trying to escape their lives, finding out that there was that it's just geography. Yeah, you know, wherever you go, they've, they've still that their their relationship isn't isn't going to isn't going to make sure. it, and. Um, you know, you know, life is, it's quite, you know, life is tough, um, tougher for, for people who come from F all, you know? Yeah. Um, so those kind of stories are, what, they sort of, why, why wouldn't they sort of stand the test of time? It's so, um, yeah, like timeless really. And oh, sorry, my children, oh, I can, I feel like they're always there. <laughs> They're like omnipotent. <laughs> They're ever present. Even I've got the store is closed. You can see it's closed, can't you? Yeah. I can hear those. Buttons. It might just be voices in your head, no. Could no, just no, be that. I, I, I heard them. <laughs> they were there. I just. I feel like I've got PTSD. I need them to not be here for just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just checking. Sorry. Brilliant. Sorry, Stu. That's, That's fine. That's amazing. It was like some sort of trailer for a horror film then. Can you hear children? <laughs> I know, it's a, are they there? Can you hear them? <laughs> Help! 
Um, well, I asked you, um, that obviously, the first time it had an emotional impact on you. And, and what was that emotion that um, hearing Fast Car gave you, Jen? I don't think I know, because I was quite young. I don't think... I could articulate it, but it made me feel something. Okay. I don't think I understood the the um, the lyrics or the story that well because yeah. I, you know, I was thirteen, fourteen. So for me, it was just a couple fell in love, then didn't want to be together. I didn't yeah. understand the lyrics properly, but there's something about the melody that was really affecting for me, and and I couldn't put my finger on it. And I just would play it on a loop. And it would make me feel, um, I, I, I suppose sad isn't the right word, but it would make me feel emotive. And I, and, I, and I would feel something and I'd be like, I don't know why I'm feeling this. Yeah. But, um, and, and I think that that, that um, is something that probably I don't feel quite, quite as much now because obviously I've heard the song so many times. I mean, uh, um, but... I still think if you're a person that listens to that song on the first time, I think it w- would have the same impact. Totally. Definitely. Totally. Um, so, so where was home then, Jen? Where was your bomb? Um, I was, uh, I grew up in Kingston and um, just outside of London. And I went to, uh, I remember for whatever reason, I really connect to this, um, album with Wimbledon, which is where I went to school. Um, and I don't really understand why. Maybe it's because I used to listen to it on my Walkman or something on my way to school on the 131 bus. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, it, I, it, it, even now when I listen to the album, it sort of transports me to sort of being at school, really. It's kind of weird. Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is the songs that we're talking about in this podcast... If we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. Well, that 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 leads on nicely to to the third track. But just before we do um, do that, you, you mentioned the broken record player. But um, aside from your tapes, was was there much music on at home when you was growing up? Um, yes, because my mum used to play music all the time when she was doing chores around the house or when she just wanted to like, she, I mean, she's got four children. So she, when she just wanted to block us out, but my mom was into very specific kinds of music. So she loved ABBA, uh, the mamas and the papas, uh, th- that sort of stuff. Um, my dad didn't really play music that much, but the albums that he had were things like Dylan and, um, Johnny Cash and stuff like that. Um, and that's, the Beatles. A, that's a great crossover of music to to have floating around the house. Yeah, and um, the Beatles was something that we that that was played a lot uh, in the house. And I remember being about eleven or twelve, and my dad bought this. It was like a greatest hits of the Beatles. One was a red tape, and one was a blue tape. Yeah, the blue and the red albums. Yeah, the blue and the red albums, right? And one of them was of the early stuff. Yeah, and one of them was the later yeah, stuff the blue ones remember, the later stuff so the red tape was the when i was like 11 i loved that and i I tried the blue tape i was like i don't know what is that yeah and then i got to about 13 or 14 and then i was like this red tape is shit <laughs> and then i went straight <laughs> and then the blue one was the one i listened to like yeah. on a loop and um uh but those were things that so that was music that was not bought for us but I used to listen to. Oh, and Cat yeah. Stevens, and there was other stuff like that. That I, I really liked Cat Stevens for a long time as well. Um, so yeah, we did. We did have music, and and also my mum was really up for when our record player worked. I, I had um, Alice. My first album that I bought as a kid was Alison Moyet's Alf, um, 
and because uh, I just loved her voice. I thought oh, she had such amazing. an incredible voice. We, we, we're um, fiercely proud of her uh, here in Essex, Jen. I bet, she, I bet she's <laughs> she's she's quite something. Mm. And if, I mean, she's got some pipes on her. Mm. Um, and then also we had stuff like you know all the now. Now, yeah. Now that's what I call music five. You know, mm. we've got all that crap and hits, 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 <laughs> and Shaken Stevens. Remember Shaken Stevens? Of we course. Had his album behind behind the green door. Well, Shelvis, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's I mean, called him that before, but yeah, I'm having oh, that. <laughs> I think. They, do you know what? He would love that. Well, Shelvis. He, let's not let's not pretend he wasn't caught in that. <laughs> Goals. It was like a hybrid of like. I don't know, like a sort of shit Elvis. Oh, God, he was meets, terrible. Meets like a younger Fonz. Like, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. <laughs> so bad, so bad. If you if you look on YouTube for the stuff that he, you know, there's some really grainy, really grainy clips of him. I'm, I mean, obviously I was like eight or nine, so whatever. But otherwise, if you're not eight or nine, why are you buying that music? <laughs> I'll really tell you bad. what, if you ever get a chance to see it, right... I don't know why. I think because when I was like maybe in my, my, my teens and I was reading Viz, Viz were obsessed with Shaky. And so they used to write about Shaky Stevens all the time. And and he put some god-awful record out in maybe the, the late 80s. Was it called Why Do You Want to Make Those Eyes at Me For? Oh, yes. I, I, yeah, I do remember that. Watch the video okay. on YouTube. Because it must be in like it's in some city centre, and it's just shaky, double down and white socks, busting his Elvis moves badly, um, and then all of a sudden you see this like really young guy jump up in front of him and start dancing like a loon, and it's a very very young Vic Reeves. <sighs> no, is it? <laughs> yeah, who just oh, photo bombed the whole video. <laughs> I'm going to definitely look that up. Oh, that is classic. <laughs> right. Jen, let's talk school. What song reminds you of your time at school? Uh, well, there's lots of music, but um, the album that reminds me most of school uh, is um, Della Soul's Three Feet High and Rising. Uh, because I there was a tape, there was a... Um, a tape that was going around school um, and you would get the tape, then you take it home, you would record it and then you'd pass it on. And a mate of mine, she gave me, she went, don't wait for that tape to come around, just have my tape. I've already recorded it. So by the time I recorded it, the sound quality was <laughs> so bad, but I didn't care. I mean, I, I wasn't aware that there was, a, it was, the sound quality was supposed to be better. I just didn't really care. And I think I listened to that, tape until it didn't work anymore like it and then I bought it on CD then I bought a couple of the singles on vinyl which I've since lost I've lost that album about two or three times from moving because I'm all I used to basically I moved house from from the age of 18 I moved house every year for about 20 years (laughs) um So, uh, yeah, I was always losing music or just my personal belongings. I net that just in the move. So that was one of those CDs that I always kept losing, but I've always bought back. I very rarely buy stuff. If I've lost it, I'm like, oh, well, that's gone. Never mind. But then I was like, oh, God, I don't have it. I have to go and buy it again. Um, So, uh, and it's, I don't, I think it was probably because when I listened to it, I had never heard anything like it. Nobody had, Jen. Nobody it, it, had. Like it was, it was an, out of this a, a world. Completely new genre of hip hop. Yeah, and but but I'm coming from the, the basis where I I was not even hip hop anything. Mm. I wasn't really. This was my introduction to hip hop. Was was this album? Yeah. I was 13 years of age. Uh, I remember that very clearly, and I could not stop listening to it and I got my brothers into it and then they loved it and then it got it introduced me to like Eric B and Rakeem and um Queen Latifah and um well that was uh, the thing if you look at Tribe Called Quest and all of that you suddenly I was introduced to all these amazing yeah 
And they're That's all on that I'm... album, aren't they? They're, uh, on Buddy, they're all on there. Yeah. Like they, Jungle they, Brothers, they... Moni Love, they're, y- they're all on there. Yeah, they all feature in it, yeah. A buddy, 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 all oh. in my face. Um, I think so... it's one of the best albums ever made, Jen, without a shadow of a doubt. Like, oh. that uh, album just changed music, I think. Um, it's not on Spotify, um, because I think no. they never cleared the samples. <laughs> Because it's so oh, laden it's... with samples. There's a couple of tracks. I think I think um, Magic Number might be on there. Say No Go might be on there. But the albums, like the album Free Fit Home Rising, isn't on there. I think, I don't think any of it's on there because I, or maybe Magic Number is, but mm. I don't think any of the other tracks are on there. I just assumed it was a decision made by Della Soul to go, we, that album isn't good. You, you want that album? Yeah. You pay for that album. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'm not not hundred percent sure because like even like all the skits in between the songs are amazing. Yeah, and like yeah, it's all about Treadwater for me. That was my favourite. I love Treadwater. I thought that was just oh yeah yeah absolute tune. Um, yeah. So, did you enjoy school, Jen? No, I hated it. Why? Why's that? I found I'm not very good with authority. I'm still not. I found it suffocating, repressive. I was always in trouble. I was always in detention. I was known as the, somebody with a bad attitude. I got sort of blacklisted very early on at school and then I couldn't find my way out of not being blacklisted. I think when, particularly then, when teachers made up their mind about you, you, you were, that was it. So I was always in trouble. And the second I could leave school, I left. I, there was the sixth form, but I was like, fuck that, fuck yeah. you. Um. It was a Catholic girls' school. Oh, okay. And it was very... I just... I felt like it was an exercise in being bored. (laughs) I I just thought that's what it was. It was like, here you are, you're bored out of your mind. So that means when you go to work, you won't notice how bored you are because we've just taught you to be bored. Any time I had a... I was very curious, I was very inquisitive, so I wanted to ask questions. And asking questions at school was like, what? Shut up! You're not supposed to be... Just listen. And it's like, well, I just have a question about the only teacher that I remember liking was my history teacher. And he conducted our classes a little bit like a, a university lecture room. So he would talk and we'd take notes. And that was it. It was like, a, and, and if you had questions, you could question, you could debate, you could do all of that. But the, he, he very much didn't do like a, there was no like teaching. He was yeah. just talking. And, I, and I, I loved it. And I was like, oh, is that... That, is that what university is? Well, then I think I'm up for that. I can yeah. do that. But I can't do with it. You sit there. You shut up. Don't speak. This. I'm like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> so. <laughs> what, um, what did you want to be when you was at school? Oh, away. Somewhere. <laughs> anywhere but school. Anywhere but, anywhere but Kingston upon Thames and anywhere but school. Did you have no uh, idea what you wanted to do for a career or a job? Or I briefly <clears throat> thought about, like, I wasn't clever enough to do the things that I thought I wanted to do, which was medicine. But I, I, uh, very early on, I realised that I was not academic enough and I couldn't do it, even if I wanted to. Uh, so I suppose I kind of... I kind of guess it always sort of lent sort of on theatre and performance and drama, but... There was a bit of me that always wanted to do writing as well. I, 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 I suppose like a lot of people, I didn't have a very clear vision. And I think when you do, you can really uh, get to where you want to be a lot quicker, can't you? But if you are a little bit uncertain, like I was, or, or divided or split or, you know, oh, I'd like to do theatre, I'd yeah. like to do writing... Comedy, I always enjoyed comedy. I didn't understand how you could do it as a career, but I, I always, that was always my, I'd always lean towards doing comedy. Yeah. Um, then if you don't know, there's no clear path to it, you just sort of tread water, don't you? Which is what I did. I worked in sales for years. Yeah. Um, because I didn't know what I was doing. And it, and it was just a way for me to make money. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Which you could then in the early noughties. I don't, yeah. That was the boom time. Boom! Um... So, yeah, that's what I did. And then I sort of fell into doing stand-up. If, I, I mean, I started it at uni, but I didn't really think about doing it properly until quite a long time afterwards. Okay. Um, well, I just want to go back again quickly and uh, and ask you for track four what the first song was you remember buying from a record shop. <laughs> that I remember. Like, you mean a single? Yep. Yeah, is Billy Idol's Rebel Yell. Nice. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, I don't know how old I was. I, I I guess we'd have to look back and see when that single came out and then yeah. we could figure out how old I was. But, boy, did I think I was a rebel buying that. <laughs> it was it so said, badass when you was a kid, that, wasn't it? Yeah, because it said rebel in the title. So, I don't know if you've... <laughs> I don't know if you... <laughs> I don't know if you know about this this uh, track Rebel Yell, but this uh, <laughs> this little rebel bought uh, <laughs> went to. Do you remember um, what was it called? Um, Our Price was it Our Price Records? Yeah. yeah. So I went to Our Price Records in Kingston, and I bought Rebel Yell. Brilliant. And I pl- yeah, and I remember playing it at home, just sort of like not really not really moshing because I was too young, but sort yeah. of like oh yeah, hit my head against something. Brr. Um, it's not really that kind of track, is it? It's quite but he, he had like a leather glove with studs on it. I mean, how dangerous is that? I know. I'm exactly, and also he had this kind of weird sort of curl on his. T- you know, his, his uh, he sort of did that with his lip. I mean, you're you're you're, like you're quite good at that as well, aren't you? Yeah, I sort of. Uh, well, I was. I you then done the bottom lip, which years. made it look weird. No, no that, just the top. Just the top lip. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> The bottom of it doesn't make it look like I've just had a stroke, so I don't know why I did that. <laughs> um, yeah, um, that, that, that. Do you remember that song? Yeah, of course. Okay. What was the other song that he did? Was it White, White Wedding? White Wedding. White Eyes Wedding. Without a Face. A... That was a good tune. Like, he's got loads. I don't know, I don't know that one. Hot in but... the City. Oh, Hot in the City. <laughs> yeah. Tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know where he's from, but I he's from um, he, he was, or something. Yeah, he was he was one of the um, the kind of early, he was all t- um, hooked up with the early punk scene when he was in he was in Generation X, and so he was floating okay. about doing gigs with the Pistols and and, st- and the Clash and stuff like that. And then obviously he went to the states and just become a global superstar. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, and he used to hang around with Iggy Pop and all mm. that lot, didn't he? Yeah, and I bet I think he he. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've seen him recently, but he looks like he's Definitely had a good time for a very long time, but yeah. it's definitely shown on showing on his face a little bit. Definitely. All right. So um, I, I guess this is probably going to sort of tie in with, with, with uni and, and, and the years in and around that. Um, for track five, Jen, the song that soundtracked your years clubbing. Oh, do you know what? I've forgotten the name of it because it's one of those tracks that I know. I had to look it up, Stu. So you're okay. going to have to tell me because it's one of those tracks that I was like, I'd, I'd listen... I'd dance to it, I'd listen to it, but I never remember the name of dance tracks. So you're going to have to tell me what it is because I've forgotten. It was Bob Sinclair 
Oh, yeah. I, I, know, Bob's. I feel for you. Yeah, yeah. Bob, yeah. Bob Sinclair, that whole album, Champs-Élysées. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Bob Sinclair, Champs-Élysées is uh, the album. I would have been in my, I mean, this is post-uni, so I would have been in my 20s. Uh, or maybe even my late 20s, actually. And friends of mine had a club night called Entre Nous, which I used to go to. And where, it was all was that? kind of. Well, it would depend where they where they could put it on at. They, they had it at various different places in East London. Oh, it was in London. And it, yeah, sorry, it was in London. Mm. And um, the music was very, I guess, I don't know what you call like sort of French house music and yeah. that sort of, that kind of house. Um. I suppose you call it disco house. I don't know. Yeah, but 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 not not hard. It wasn't never hard house. Mm. It was very because I was never really into hard house music. Uh, and Bob Sinclair was an album that I bought, and it just reminds me of going to Entre Nous, and it also just reminds me of I don't know summer and meeting up with my friends in a park somewhere or around their house, staying out late, dancing till the early hours in the morning, leaving at seven in the morning, you know, yeah. walk of shame home, you know, it just, it, it, it's just one of those, um, it's just one of those albums that really uh, captures a, a, just another time in my life that was very, I, I suppose, hedonist, hedonistic really and carefree. And I did it a lot later, I guess, because, um, I came out in my early 20s. So I relived a big part of my, what people would have done in their adolescence and in their sure. early 20s. I shifted to the, my mid to late 20s. I sort of did it then. Saying that, all of my friends who had been and didn't come out <laughs> were still doing it as well. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know what their excuse is, but I have one, okay? Um, but I think our, our generation, Stu, I think we, well, certainly my my group of friends, we kind of, we went heavily into our thirties before we sort of went, do you know what? I think we need to <laughs> maybe have a little look at our careers and stuff. Um, so yeah, that, that late twenties period and yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. Can you, can you sort of lose yourself when you, when you go clubbing? Are you, you know, are you a dancer? Are you happy just to let yeah. yourself go? Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. I, I really love um, that feeling of just, being with friends and dancing with your mates and having them having that proximity to your friends, but also being able to just be separate as well. Yeah. So you can just be in your own bubble if you want yeah. to, or you can move into being with them and having that sort of kind of feeling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And obviously if you're taking anything extra. Yeah. Uh, then that's sort of, are we allowed to say that? Yeah, cool. So you I, mean, I heard, I mean, I, I've heard that the, this sort of thing did happen and I was present. Um, then, you know, then you can, that kind of music yeah. just make you feel like you love everybody, don't you? 100%. I mean, this is obviously pre-COVID where you, you were encouraged to lick other people's exactly. faces in nightclub. Yeah. Um, but... Um, <laughs> You ever lit my face, love? Come over here. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry babe. I'm just making my way around the room. All right? Oh, brilliant. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Well, for somebody that said they, they moved um, house uh, every year uh, for the next 20 years, this is going to be interesting. Um, track six, favourite song from an artist from your home county? Oh, that was... Um, uh, so from my home county was uh um uh fat boy slim he uh apparently lived in surrey and he now obviously is very famous for living in brighton i too grew up in surrey in kingston and i now live in brighton so connect okay um we're practically siblings definitely um and song for lindy is my favorite fat boy slim song it's the it's the one that again. It, it, if that track comes on, I'm like, whoa! I am in a field somewhere. See, I don't mates. know if if it's definitely the case, but I would say I'm 99.9 percent .9 sure that that record is for Lindy Layton. Um, and um, are you aware of who, who, who Lindy is, Jen? No. So no. The, um, before, obviously, Fat Boss Slim 
uh, well, after Fatboxing left the house, Martins, he had a huge number one um, with Beats International, Just Be Good To Me. Yeah, I remember that. And so Lindy sings that. Um, and Lindy's guested on here. And for anyone that's interested in just what a nice guy Norman Cook is, listen to that episode. Because, I mean, aside from that song that he, I'm pretty sure he's penned for Lindy. When everything went quite sour in Lindy's career and got in lots of lots of trouble, Norman Cook literally come in and just sorted everything out for her. He, he, I mean, I, I think he's one of the, the the coolest people in music, and and you know anybody that can go from the House Martins to Freak Power to Beats International to 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 being like a, you know a god in the world of dance music, like. And just, yeah, I just think the guy's an absolute legend. And then when I spoke to Lindy about, you know, her time working with Norman and now they're still best friends and, and the things that oh, he's right. done for her, it's it's a real, real interesting uh, story. And it just completely backs up what a dude Norman Cook is. He's very loved in Brighton, I must say. Yeah. Um, people just adore him. and he And he has a real presence as well. He does a lot of stuff within Brighton and the community. Um. He, you know, I mean, he, he owns, I think he owns a couple, a couple of businesses and what have you, but he does do a lot of stuff uh, for the local community. And yeah, he seems like a dude. I've I've never seen him. People always like, oh, I saw him walking down the street. It's a bit like Nick Cave. I saw Nick Cave. Oh, do you know what? Like people tell, obviously <clears throat> the amount of people, I, I popped down and done a couple of podcasts in Brighton and and, we, and when I asked that question about home county, they're like, oh yeah, I'll probably, can I go for Nick Cave? Because he lives here. And, like, and I'm like, have you seen him? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you just think, how can you be walking around Brighton and bump into Nick Cave? He's from, like, out of space. He don't live in Brighton. It's well, it's weird because I've seen him at Victoria Station twice. So coming off a train at Brighton, I've seen wow. him sort of waiting to get on a train to go to Brighton twice. And I, you're right. He does... He does... It's, it's not like... But no one really noticed him. I mean, everyone notices him. Yeah. Because he is dressed immaculately. He's never going to have this... jeans and a T-shirt on, his. No, he? he's in this incredible suit. He's tall. He's striking. He's got, you know, he has a particular look. And actually, weirdly, in a way where you think he's not a good-looking guy, but actually, he's something about him where you're like, hello. I don't... You, he's arresting in his presence. It's very bizarre. He's very charismatic. Yeah. But... But I've got friends who see him quite, a, have seen him a fair bit in Brighton, and I have never, never seen him. Would you? Would you? Around. Would you say hello? No, absolutely not. What would I say to him? Hello, hello, Nick. Uh, big fan of your work, mate. It's uh, really weird, right? <laughs> I've got. Don't worry, you can because I met him once, uh, and I got. Oh, did you? I got invited to this like thing years ago when he put out the No More Shall We Part album. I got invited to this listening party thing just because I was doing the DJ and stuff, and and it just sort of happened. And it was at Bush Hall, and uh, and then we got there and he was playing like a, a kind of secret gig, so it was like, amazing. And I and I went with my mate Nick, uh, and then afterwards I thought right, I've, he was just standing at the bar, so I just wanted to go and shake his hand and say I really enjoyed that show, thank you. Uh, and so I did, and he was very gracious and kind, and he looked super cool in a brand velvet suit, like that. Just I, oh, he just looked a dude. I walked back to my table, and my mate Nick went, "I want to go and say hello." And I went, <laughs> "He went, what was he like?" I went, "Well, I just said I enjoyed the show," and he was like, "Okay, um, I'm going to go up." And he was so nervous, and just as he got to where Nick Cave was. Jarvis Cocker sort of stepped in front of him and went, hi, Nick. And so oh my God. they both stopped and turned around and looked at my mate, Nick, who's now completely starstruck because not only is it Nick Gabe, it's Jarvis Cocker as well. It completely melted his mind to where he just went, hi, Nick. Guess what? My name's Nick. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And he was just like, oh, that's cool. And he was like, Sorry, I just walked off. <laughs> do you know what? I mean, if he was going to do that, have that experience, I mean, Jarvis Cocker and Nick Cave are two seemingly very nice blokes, at yeah. least. Do you know what I mean? It's not like... <laughs> there are certain people you'd be like, oh, mate, you didn't say it in front of him, did you? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. 
but it's so weird how um you feel like you're you're you would be completely unaffected by fame like i often say oh famous people this doesn't really impact on me yeah I'm famous person proof. But actually, if there was somebody that you really cared about or has had a connection, the, the second you see them, you're like, ah! yeah. what do I say to you? I remember seeing Victoria Wood at Foyle's bookshop, who I've loved for years. And, um, and we were sort of next to each other at this book. And I turned and I was like, fuck me, that's Victoria Wood. And she must have clocked that I had clocked her. And she was like, and, you know, understandably, it was like, oh, I just don't want to swerve whatever this is going to be. And just sort of very gently. Do you think, or do you off. think you thought that? Well, maybe I thought that. I mean, it's possible I thought that. But I, I, I kind of felt that, like, maybe she was like, oh, just to avoid this, I'm trying to find a book. I don't have to deal with some fucking weirdo. Um, and, but there was a part of me that went, go, go and tell her, tell her, tell her how much, you, how brilliant you think she is. Go, 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 go. And I just couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. Because I thought, what, I, I cannot articulate what I want to say. I will go over and, and I'll just annoy her because she looks like she's trying to get on and do something, yeah. which is buy a book and leave. And so I thought, I'm just going to leave it. So I think I was just that person that every now and again would just stare at her, like glance at her like that. <laughs> that's and even more she, creepy. I know. Well, exactly. That's my point. So so from going from being like, don't want to be a creep and go up to her, I'll just stalk her like a weirdo. <laughs> from behind these bookshelves. From behind these bookshelves, like in, fucking Inspector Cluzo. Uh, anyway. It's weird, isn't it? You think you're not going to care and then, oh, God, it's embarrassing. But it, there's something quite, um, I don't know, something quite nice about... Well, it's that theory, isn't someone. it? Of are they going to be a shit? And it's like, that's well, your theory, isn't it? Never meet your heroes. Is, yeah. that, is that what... In case they disappoint you. Yeah, totally. And, yeah, I think... I mean, I don't know. Anyone that I've ever kind of had on, on, on the podcast, you know, that everyone's always been really, really nice. I've not had any person come on, I just thought, oh, God. They weren't what I thought they'd be. Do you know what I mean? I've been sort of really lucky that, you know, and I've spoke to lots of musicians. I've, I've, I've grown up like rinsing their records and they've all just been really lovely. So uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, people are people, aren't they? Completely. There, there, are, there is maybe, I, 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 I'm sure there is a percentage of people that sort of believe the hype, you know, or have believed the hype at one point in yeah. their career. And maybe they've gone, do you know what? I was a bit of a dick five years ago, but I kind of got over that. Yeah. There's very few people that are just dicks yeah. permanently, you know? So, I mean, that's what I like to think. <laughs> I mean, actually, as I said that, I can think of two who are permanent dicks. But on the whole. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you when we switch this off. Brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, because I've got one as well. Um, track okay, seven. Um, you can be DJ now, Jen, and it's your turn to pick a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Oh, again. Oh, God. Do you know what? I should have put this list in front of me. Hang on a second. We can edit this bit out, can't we? Um, I can tell you. Uh, it's, I always get his name wrong. That's why I'm just going to double, tre- double, double check. Um, his name? Yes. He is trans. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> the person that I'd like people to check out is a an artist called Beverly Glenn Copeland and the track in particular I'd like people to listen to is called La Vita and Beverly Glenn Copeland is in his 70s he is I mean is it relevant to say I suppose it is if you listen to the track because you might be uncertain if it's the voice is very it's got I mean his voice is beautiful but you might think oh that it's a woman Beverly Glenn Copeland is a trans man and uh he i guess has found success very late uh he has several albums out a lot of them are quite sort of experimental they're quite unusual they're not necessarily i suppose the track that i've i've chosen is the most um is one of the one of the songs we i suppose is the most accessible it's beautiful it's very beautiful and there's the, the album's beautiful it's an absolutely stunning album and I just want more people to know about him and listen to him. He's Canadian, um, right? Yeah. Um, although I think he's part... I think he now lives in the States, I um, think, with his wife. Um, and 
Uh, yeah, I just uh, and and I think on Instagram he does the occasional live gig, which is worth tuning into, and he's fantastic. How did and, you discover um, him, Jen? Uh, how did I discover him? It was Spotify made a suggestion. You know that does that Discover Weekly, and I don't always check it out, and I just randomly checked it out, and this track came on, and I was like, "Whoa, who is this?" This is, I, I, I can, I was vacuuming and I turned the vacuum cleaner off and I was like, whoa, I need to know who this is immediately. Yeah. So I saved the song. How good uh, are those moments? And I, when you hear a track and you're like, I fucking hell, I love this. Yeah. Why do I love this so much? So I put it, um, I saved it. I, then I obviously went down a wormhole of YouTube and um, just checking out all the, his other albums. There's not much. Yeah. It's not as much as you, you know. Because obviously he's he's been successful later, but yeah, such. What did you think of it? I thought it was lovely. Um, I thought it was a really really beautiful song. It's, it was quite classical. It was quite Balearic. It was almost Balearic, spoken that's... word in places. It was yeah. It was a real hybrid of of, of of genres. Definitely. There's almost a feeling. It's not a Balearic is bo- is possibly the best description I've heard for it. Actually, mm. um, it, it, it kind of crosses over sort of a, a, a sort of operatic yeah. and uh, there's, al- there's almost a kind of like, yeah, Balearic is the right word. It's mm. operatic and Balearic feel to it, which is yeah. so, again, uplifting. And If um, someone ever said to me there's a record that's operatic and Balearic, I'd be thinking, fuck off, mate. That sounds shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. Um, it's not, is it? It's really beautiful. Um and uh, and that there's a couple of tracks on the album which are so uplifting and the lyrics are really positive, particularly when listening to it. I suppose I'm listening to it through the prism of, of, of um, being in lockdown. I, I, I found, I've discovered his music at the very beginning of lockdown when I was feeling a little bit anxious and I was like, oh God, this feels quite bleak. And the, the, the lyrics of a few of the tracks are really prescient to how we feel or how I was feeling in that moment and really helped me a lot. So I I feel um, uh, like I want other people to to, to check him out and, um, yeah, see what what they think. Well, we put a Spotify playlist uh, together to accompany this podcast. Uh, So wherever people click the link to to listen to the podcast, go back and you can click the link to the playlist and you can listen to all the tracks that you've chosen today, Jen. That's clever. Oh, it's the future, mate. Stu, mate. <laughs> Technology, eh? Oh, mate. Flipping heck. <laughs> it's, it's a whole new world. Um, so, as we uh, start to what would appear to ease our way out of lockdown, um, what's, what's coming up, Jen? Well, what is coming up? I... It's tricky. I, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is writing. You know, I, I, my tour, obviously, that's not um, happening. I, I, I don't think venues are going to open and I don't think we're going to be doing live comedy for a very long time. Um, I have a special on Next Up Comedy that people can stream if they want to, to see what I do. Um, it's called Meaningless and that is available on Soho On Demand or Next Up. I'm doing, I don't know when this podcast will come out, but I'm doing an, a, 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 an online hour of comedy for Next Up Comedy Festival in July, which is on the 13th. Okay. This may come out too late, I'm not sure. Um, and I have a book called The Other Mother, um, which is available at all good online bookstores. Yeah, so I think, I think yeah, I, don't, I think that's it really. I mean... I'd love to say there's, you can see me, but you can't. So deal with that. <laughs> Just leave it there. Deal with it. I mean, I have to deal with that. I don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, yeah, deal with that. Everybody. Deal with me not having an income. All right. See, I hope you sleep well tonight. <laughs> Jen, um, I've had the best time. Thank you so much. Oh, for, thanks, uh, Jude. This has been lovely. For uh, giving up your time today. And, uh, and I know you're um, choking at the bit to get back to homeschooling. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jen's just burst into talking? tears. <laughs> Should we, we keep talking when we switch this up? <laughs> oh, thanks loads, Jen. Thanks, mate. There you go. Told you you was going to like that. It was a real laugh. Um, 
yeah, I just uh, yeah can't say enough good things about the episode. Um, it was a real real pleasure to do it, and uh, and sometimes you know when you're in lockdown and you, you're doing these podcasts remotely, uh, you know sometimes it can be a little bit hard, you know, which we touch on at the beginning as well, you know, to to convey them, you know, the the, the little kind of bits of body language and things to make the conversation flow better. But yeah, it's you know I've been really lucky, you know, with, with off the beaten track that everybody seemed to just completely throw themselves into it, and, and no more so than than Jen. It was um, um, a smashing episode to record and uh, and yeah and I, I want to thank you all for listening and and uh, yeah and thanks again to Jen for for giving up her time and uh, and yeah escaping from uh, the homeschooling for a bit um, we're back next week um, in the meantime if uh, you've got a bit of time on your hands and you enjoyed this like I said at the beginning please go and have a rummage around in the archives because there's 150 episodes over there that you can really get your teeth stuck into and there's some great chats to be had uh, to be listened to even and there's lots of good chats to be had and uh, and yeah got some great guests coming in the future for you as well um, and as well as that there's the Patreon so if you don't want to wait um, too long for your next episode go over there because there's 100 or so episodes over there as well so much stuff you can find out about it all at offthebeatentrackpodcast.com stay safe lovely people we're back next week um, have a lovely week and, uh, and see you soon bye bye oh yeah sorry I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's... Interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, um, there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes, so if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.